Aloha. All right. It's good to see everybody here this morning. And uh, boy, what a blessing to reacquaint uh, again with so many of our friends here. Um, just looking out at some of these veteran missionaries and, and uh, what's a, what a blessing it is to see them. And then just old friends. Last night we were kind of reminiscing, at least I was. I could have went on and on last night about just the things that God has done in my life and, and the goodness that I've seen um, just in the last, well, it's already been 48 years. And uh, uh, God's been good. He's been really good. And he's been good to you as well. And this morning, I, uh, I would like you to go ahead and take your Bibles. We're going to turn to a couple of places right away. Hebrews chapter 13, Jeremiah 33. How many of you here somewhere between the age of 40 and 52? Raise your hand. 40 and 52. All right. Are these new to you as well? Yeah. Hold them up. Yes, yes. This is, we have not quite reached the level of ear uh, uh, hearing aids, but, but at least we, we don't want to admit that, but we do need these. And uh, that was hard for me to admit, but here we go. We got to have them. Do I look more refined now? Hebrews chapter number 13. This morning I was talking to a couple of people, and of course they always want to know what you're going to preach on. And uh, I was just, I'm just preaching to myself this morning, <laughs> preaching to you, but all these messages that uh, I've been bringing, it's just stuff that the Lord's been dealing with me about, and I assume, I assume that if he's dealing with me about it, he's probably going to deal with you about it as well, as uh, we're all cut from the same cloth and have the same uh, issues of life. Hebrews chapter number 13, verse number 15, Hebrews 13, verse 15. The Bible says this, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. This morning, uh, I'm just going to preach on the subject of being thankful and why we ought to be thankful and how to be thankful when we don't want to be thankful. <laughs> Because a lot of things in life that happen don't really cause us to be thankful. And uh, there's a way, and God expects us to, in the midst of all those things, to be thankful. Take your Bible, look over here at Jeremiah chapter number 33. Notice it says, the sacrifice that we offer to the Lord. I mean, you think about all the things that we could give to God. What, what does he have that, that we can give to him? That he Actually, what does he not have that we could give to him? That is this subject of, of praise, of, of thanksgiving. I was looking up at your wall here, and you got thanksgiving and praise and, and giving thanks, and what a blessing. I mean, it's, it's what we need as Christians, isn't it? To, to be thankful, to, to find a way of, of, of looking past the circumstances and just looking at God and saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you've allowed to enter into my life. Jeremiah chapter 33. Look at verse number 11. Jeremiah 33. Verse number 11 says in verse 11 here, the voice of joy, and the voice of gladness, and the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, and the voice of them that shall say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is what? For the Lord is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause to return the captivity of the land 
as at the first, saith the Lord. Notice, shall bring the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise. Now, one more time. Look at Psalms chapter 116. Psalms 116. Psalms 116. The sacrifice of praise. Psalms 116, verse number 17. says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. This morning, I would like to give you, first of all, three reasons why we ought to be thankful. Number one, why we ought to be thankful. The world needs to hear thankful Christians. <laughs> Not whiny, complainy, Doubtful, despair, but thankful Christians. Oftentimes, as a person is considering some spiritual matters in their life, uh, they will look to a Christian. They will see uh, what separates them from everybody else. Uh, in Hawaii, there's a couple of different activities that I participate in, some sporting activities. And um, some of those people, they call me preacher. And... Uh, uh, they'll watch, and they'll ask questions, and, and um, they'll get my opinion on different things. You know what they're looking for? It's something a little bit different. Uh, recently, I had a lady come up, and, and um, her husband was not doing very well, and, and she asked me to go and, and see him, and then that didn't work out. So she said, would you mind just praying for him? And it was just, you know, why, why would she even come to me to begin with? And part of that, I believe, is just because, you know, I'm not a complaining person. Now, there are moments when I complain and I get a bad attitude. But for the most part, when I'm trying to be around people, I, I'm trying to be grateful, to be thankful for what the Lord has done. And people notice that. I'll tell you, they notice a thankful spirit. This world needs to see thankful Christians, grateful Christians. I'm sure with all the adversity over there, in the Ukraine right now, I'm praying for those Christians. I'm praying that through all that, that chaos that they're encountering, that somehow God would, would raise them up and allow them to be a light and to show forth gratefulness and thankfulness in the midst of all of that. Why? Because that's supernatural. To be able to have that attitude during that kind of a, a crisis in their life. The world needs to see Christians be thankful. Look over here at Psalms chapter number 1. Psalms, or uh, Romans, sorry, Romans chapter number one. I was, I was uh, thinking about how God has been eliminated from so much these days. I, I mean, they've got him out of the public school, and I'm assuming that if they could, they would get him out of everything. The, the national anthem, uh, the pledge, everything that's possible, they would like to get God out of that. And by being thankful, you are bringing the remembrance of God back into their mind. Look at what it says here in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Look down at verse number 28. And even as they did not like to what? Retain God in their knowledge. You know, when you and I are thankful in a public setting, we're just praising God, we are bringing God back into their remembrance. 
we are beginning to focus them once again on their only hope. Brother Holes is here. I was talking to him, and he, of course, goes to campuses around, and, and, uh, and, and I, I'm very familiar with his ministry. We were over at the Flying M yesterday getting some coffee, and, and one of the ladies, we just got chatting and stuff, and she was talking about street preaching and how she doesn't think it's effective and all this, and for, for various reasons. And, and this verse came to my mind, at least as you're preaching the Word of God in a public setting, you know what you're doing? You're bringing God back to their remembrance. They're getting to think about God. Maybe they haven't been thinking about him for a long time and they don't want to, but now you're proclaiming the name of Jesus and they're thinking about it once again. It's a blessing to be able to be used of God in such a way that it gets people to think about him. Thankfulness does that. Thankfulness does that. Are you grateful this morning? Does does the lost crowd see a, a grateful individual? Are you praising God continually? Secondly, the saved need to be reminded of it. The saved need to be reminded of it. I'll listen, I'll tell you what, we, we could probably find things in our life this morning that maybe uh, we're not too grateful for. We think we got it pretty rough or we think we're just really going through it and then you hear about somebody else and they're thankful and they're finding ways to praise God and we're kind of smitten like, boy, okay, <laughs> I guess I can be a little bit more thankful. This week, there was a lady in our church that called, and her, hus- her, her father died this week and uh, through various complications. And uh, through it all, she's like, you know what? He died peacefully. Uh, the family was all able to come, and we're just grateful for the Lord that we're able to go through this together. And she just began to thank the Lord through all that. And I was thinking, you know what? Uh, my little thing that I'm complaining about right now is nothing. It's nothing. And so as we're thankful around each other as brethren, boy, it it rubs off and it it creates a great atmosphere of just praise to God. And it reminds us, yes, we have much to be thankful for. The lost need to hear it. The saved need to hear it. Take your Bibles, look over here at Psalms chapter 105. Psalms 105. These songs that we're singing, the praise of, 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 and worship to the Lord, I it, it, it brings a, a, a grateful, thankful uh, spirit in, in, in me, and I, I hope it does as well in your life. I, I love to hear people being grateful and thankful for what the Lord has done. In, in Psalms 105, verse number one, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds. What? What? Yeah. Amen. That's here. You know, in our church, of course, it's much smaller. We can get away with a few other things. So before the preaching gets started, I'll say, hey, who's got something that they're grateful for today? Who, 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 who wants to testify of the goodness of God? And, you know, it's always really quiet at first. And then all of a sudden somebody's looking, you know, that okay. And you, and you always, you know, it's a bit of a gamble because you get this one person that has nothing that, you know, about thankfulness. They just want to talk about the lawnmower not working. And, you, you know, you take those gambles. But I'll tell you, it's paid off more often than not. We do have some older people that don't get to talk to other people very much, and they're the ones that usually think. But, boy, what a blessing it is to hear people in the congregation just being thankful being thankful and testifying of God's goodness in their life. I'll tell you what, we need that. 
I need that. It, it cultivates the right spirit in a church. Doesn't the Bible say he inhabits the praise of his people? Man, that's a great way of getting things going. Just praising God and thanking God. You know, what do we typically do? Well, I know what we do. We, you know, argue on the way to church, you know, this morning. Come on, sweetie. Church is starting. You knew what time to get in the car. It's not like that all the time. It was just this morning. Hey, I'm, I'm just like you. We, we've got these things that we've got to navigate through. But the end, it's like, boy, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to come. Thank you. Last night, did you think about this? I mean, as you were sleeping, God just kept that heart pumping. You didn't have to think about it, and your lungs were... Without even you having to work at it. God is so good. And most of you had some breakfast this morning. Amen? You have clothes on your back. You got a place to come. And really, when it's all said and done, it's those things there, those simple things that we can just glorify and thank the Lord for. You know, we like to think, well, I don't have this, or I don't have that model of that, or my house is a little smaller, or I wish I had a few more acres, or whatever. We've got things, right? But man, we've got so much to be thankful for. Listen, the lost needs to hear it. But the saved, boy, we, it encourages us. We, we need to be reminded of it. But then, but then there's something else. And this is what I want us to kind of think about today. And that is we need the help that thanksgiving brings. We need the fruit of thanksgiving in our life. Now, Take your Bibles back over here to Hebrews chapter 13. Let's look at our text again. There's something here I want you to see as we dive into this. I was thankful this, this morning for the, the music. Boy, what a blessing. See these young people play. I'm thankful for the parents that sacrificed so that their kids could take lessons. Amen? And drove them to, to practice and picked them back up. And why? So that God can be glorified in a setting like this. What a blessing. What a blessing. I could just sit there and just, honestly, for hours, just worship the Lord. It's a, oh, it really ministers to my heart. I'm thankful for that. I think we got as parents, we had a great message this morning on some principles of parenting. And as, as one of those things, we need to teach our kids to be thankful. When they sit down and eat that food, thankful. Well, I don't like peas. Be thankful. You're going to eat them anyway. I don't like broccoli. Huh. Put some more butter on it. I don't care. Just get it down. <laughs> Swallow it whole. Here's some water. Help yourself. Just get it down. Be thankful. It, it, it starts with parents teaching their kids, and they demonstrate it in their lives, being thankful. Yeah. You know, my, I was telling you, my son left a couple, what, four or five weeks ago. To, he went to Oregon, and, and now he's cooking for himself. He, he surprised us. He came home on uh, Friday night and surprised us. And uh, he's getting into bed. Well, my parents didn't have an extra bed for him, so they put, a, put him on the couch. And there is, there's, there's my mom, and there's my wife, and there's his sister. They're all just tucking him in bed. He's like, oh, I miss this so much. <laughs> I, we got a lot to be thankful for. Amen. Look what it says here in Hebrews chapter number 13. Verse number 15. 
by him, that's Christ, therefore let us offer, listen, the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. A couple things about this. As a Christian, it's not hard to be thankful when we get what we want. It's not hard to be thankful when we're eating an abundance of food. It's not hard to be thankful when we see something bad, but it happens to somebody else and not us. It's not hard to be thankful when we consider what we do have. And now I will say that we need to be thankful for all those things. But really, is that a sacrifice? Is that truly a sacrifice to be thankful for that, those simple blessings that we oftentimes just take for granted? I, th- I think maybe that sacrifice comes into place when it costs us something. Isn't that what a sacrifice is? When it costs us something. That is, that is the sacrifice of praise continually. That means in the good times as well as the bad times. Now how do we do that? Can we do that? Uh, four months ago, my son was in an accident with his sister. We just had a butchering clinic at the church. You watched a video of that. They were dropping off some tables and chairs at the church, and they were heading home. It was him and her, and his little, he's got a, he had a little Ford Ranger pickup. I don't know all the details. He says he doesn't remember all the details. He probably was going a little too fast around the corners. He hit the side of the, the road in some loose dirt. He spun him around. He ran up into the side of the hill, smacked the side of a tree, caved the whole top of it in. And I get this call, and it's Corinne, and she's shaken up, and she is crying, and I hear all this craziness behind. She says, Dad, we're in an accident. You know, so, you know, I'm like, okay, what's going on? Are you guys okay? Blah, blah, blah. And she tells me approximately where she is. And so I get in my truck right away. And I am just flying out there. They're about 20 minutes away. And I'm flying down that road. And I remember uh, that conversation that we had. I said, are you all right? Is something messed up? She says, there's some blood. I don't know. You know, we're, we're in a daze. And she just shook up. So, I mean, I'm, things are racing through my mind. I finally get up. And it's about a, a mile and a half of cars just backed up. I peel my truck off on the side of the road and you know I work with the fire and police department so I've got all this gear and I'm throwing it in and so people don't hit me because I'm just running right into traffic and I'm running and after about a mile I'm just now I'm huffing and puffing (laughs) and it's just one car after another everything's backed up and I finally come to the scene and this truck is destroyed and I'm thinking the worst and I, I pull up, and there, there's all the cops around it, and there's the, the ambulances there. And I look in the truck, and they're saying, hey, chap, what, uh, uh, how did you hear about this? I said, my, my kids are involved in this. Oh, your kids? And I go, yeah. They go, man, this, this is a horrible accident. Your kids are lucky to be alive. And I said, well, where are they? And they pointed to the ambulance, and I run back over there. They're both laying down. I don't know what the situation is. And I run in there, and I'm like frantic. And the, and the guy's like, hey, who are you? What are you doing? I say, hey, I'm these kids' dad. What's going on? And they're both laid out in there, and there's some blood and stuff. And Gideon's got his chin all messed up. And, and, um, and he says, hey, your kids are okay. He says, we're going to take them to the hospital. We're going to take some CT scans, and we're going to x-ray them and all that. 
And he says, right now it looks like they're okay, they're stable. And I'm looking at them and they're looking at me and Crin's crying and boy, it was all those emotions. And at the end of that thing, we went to the hospital, the scans came back and it was fine, they're okay. I was like, thank you, Lord. But I, I wonder, had it turned out differently and it easily could have. Gideon and I went back to pick up that truck and I told him, hey, get into that passenger seat where your sister was. He couldn't even get close. Thing was crushed in. We don't even know where her head fit in all that. Don't know. Now, today, I mean, when the kids look at those pictures, they can't even look at them. I'm thinking, boy, if, if it would have turned out different, could I have been just as thankful? And yet, see, that's what God wants. He wants us to be thankful in the good times and the bad times. It says continually. That's where the sacrifice comes in. And I know this morning there's some of you that are having a difficult time in the situation to be thankful. And you're not in it now, you will be. It becomes a sacrifice when it costs us to be thankful. When you don't get what you want. When you get what you don't want. When you don't understand why the Lord has allowed the situation to take place. When you don't even want to be thankful, you feel like you've got a beef with the Lord and you deserve to have that beef. And that's why we need help to be thankful. Take your Bibles, look over at Colossians chapter number two. We see that in this passage that it's a part of our development as individuals, as Christians, as children of God, to cultivate a spirit of thankfulness. Colossians chapter number two. Colossians chapter number two. Look at verse six. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. See, Thanksgiving begins in these three areas. I'm going to give these to you. Number one, it's this state of mind. It's bringing the Lord into our remembrance. Number two, then it plants its roots into a submitted heart. Thirdly, it produces the fruit of a surrendered will. And that's what we want to look at here a little bit this morning. So let's take a look at this first thing. And that is this state of mind. This state of mind. This is how we get to a place where we can thank God even in very difficult circumstances. And the, and the important thing to remember is we've got to bring him continually into our thoughts. Look over here, if you would, at Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter number 12. How many here this morning, you, you get up and you read your Bible first thing in the morning? How many of you do that? Okay. That's a great practice. What you're doing is the very thoughts of your day need to have, uh, need to be saturated with, with the Lord and the things of God rather than all the cares of this world. I mean, that's just, you know, I don't know about you, but I mean, I have my phone next to my bed, so that's where it charges. How many of you have made the same mistake before? Yeah. You get up and what do you, you got, you got stuff you got to check. Yeah? Or that's just me. And sometimes I got to say, all right, that's, I, I see all those little texts there, those little things I need to respond to, but I'm just going to purposefully put that aside because I desperately need the Lord 
this morning. I need to saturate my mind with him because something may happen and I just need to make sure that he's on the forefront of my mind because I may act in the flesh. In Hebrews chapter number 12, and uh, look at verse number 2. Notice Jesus did this. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of, of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be wearied and faint in your minds. The very first thing that we need to do, if we need to have the right state of mind going to each day, and it starts with considering him and thinking about him. Remember, the world doesn't like to retain God in their mind, and if you're not careful, you can go on all day without considering the things of the Lord and how good he is. Look at, look at 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse 13. It says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's a war that's going on, and it's a war for your mind to think about all kinds of things, everything but the Lord. That's why it says over there in Philippians, to think on these things, things that are holy and lovely and true and of good report, there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Boy, there's a battle that goes on there. You read over in Ephesians chapter number two where it talks about before you were saved, your conversation was in the lust of the flesh. And, 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 and we'll just look over here real quick here with me. Hebrews, or Ephesians chapter number two. I'll just read, I'm already there. Wherefore, in time past, you walked according to the courts of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Listen, when he saved us, he gave us something else to think about. And every morning we need to get up and get God into our mind and in our thoughts. It's the start of having thankfulness and being able to be thankful in tough times. State of mind. And then secondly, thankfulness must take root into a submitted heart. A submitted heart. And this is where the wrestling begins because we may not agree with God why he has allowed this to come into our life. And yet he desires for us to be thankful in it. Oh, it's a wrestling match sometimes. And I know that I've wrestled with some things. I don't understand, Lord, or I don't like it. And yet he's allowed it. And beside that, he wants us to be thankful for it. A submitted heart. A submitted heart. I, I propose to you this morning, you don't have to understand to be submitted to it. I don't understand half of what the Lord's doing in my life and the life of other people. And it's not always my job to figure all that out. But I'm submitted to it. And that submission comes by understanding or being able to look past the circumstance and see Jesus Christ high and lifted up. Because we know that it's in his nature to be good. Isn't he be good? Hasn't he been good to you? He's been good to you and he's been good to me. And we, we, it says over and over in the word of God that, you know, that he is good and his mercy endureth forever. We know that. And so we got to get beyond the circumstances. Say, Lord, despite what I see, I know that you're good and I'm submitted to whatever it is that you're doing here. 
And that's a tough thing. There's some wrestling that goes in there. But if I'm going to be thankful in a difficult situation, I've got to be submitted. I've got to be submitted to him and knowing that he knows what's going on. I don't know what's going on in the Ukraine. Some people are fighting it and saying all this kind of stuff, and we should be doing this. What if, what if we were look, we'd draw back the curtain and see it's all about God beginning to bring everything to fruition in order for the tribulation to start and right before, the, of course, the, the rapture of the church? What if God's orchestrating all this? Who are we to fight against all of that? You see what I'm saying? I mean, we're just submitted to God. I don't like it. I hate to see people suffer. I don't want to. I mean, but we live in a sin-cursed world. And things happen. Things happen in my life. But I'm just submitted to it. And that's not always easy. There's a wrestling that goes on. But I want to be thankful even in the difficult times. It's sometimes pretty tough. And then finally, it brings about a fruit. And that fruit is what we need. Yes, the world needs to see thankful people. And our Christians, as, as Christians here this morning, we, we need to be surrounded by and be reminded of, of thankfulness and, and how grateful we ought to be. But I'll tell you what, we also need the fruit of thankfulness in our life. And what is that? It's a surrendered will where we say thank you in the difficulties of life. It takes action. It means that we know that God is in control and we're submitted to it and then we bow the knee and say, okay, Lord, I am thankful because I know that in some way this is going to work to your glory and honor. The Bible says that all things work together for what? To good, for good. To them that love God. To them that are called according to his purpose. All things. We may not see the fruit of all that until we get to heaven, but we're reminded of that promise and we need to put those thoughts into action and say, Lord, I'm, I'm thankful. It's hard, but I'm thankful because I know, I know you're greater than the circumstance. Mm. I hope that if something were to happen to my kids in that accident, I could say, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, Lot went through a lot of those type of situations where not everybody saw it the way that he saw it. His wife said, curse God and die. She couldn't get beyond the circumstance. She couldn't see the Lord high and lifted up. She could not find a way to be thankful. And Lot said, hey, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's after everything that he had was taken. And I could see that attitude with oxen and camels and sheep, but his kids were taken. Some of you have approached me and say, hey, I'm going through that same stage of life. The kids are fleeing the nest. It's, it's a tough deal, man. Everything's quiet around the house, you know. My wife and I are finally getting acquainted again after, you know, 20 years. And those kids, they, they make up that life. I'll tell you what, at the beginning, you're running them around. You're investing in them. We heard about those principles. Boy, that is... That is that is discipling children, investing and taking time and explaining things. It's a lot of work to parent right, but it's so rewarding. It's a blessing to see your kids, you know, want to serve the Lord. Amen. On their own. But it's a lot of work. I remember one time we went to the store and I remember this lady came up to us and she's like, 
wow, you got really lucky. Your kids are all so well behaved. <laughs> yeah, yeah if, if lucky is the name of a, a belt, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into training kids, right? You go to a grocery store anymore and kids are pulling stuff off the shelves and eating stuff and pulling hair and yelling at the parents and sometimes cussing them out. The parents like, yeah, come on, Junior, I'll get you an ice cream. Just be good. Man, we're all over the place today parenting. But those kids, they make up a big part of our life. And we love them, and it's exciting to see them go on. But I'll tell you what, you have them snatched away from you in a, in a situation like that, it's tough. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. It's high ground, man. It's hard to be thankful continually. But I'll tell you what, the Lord loves it. It's a sacrifice to him. It's a sweet-smelling savor. (laughs) It's like, those are my kids right there. Things are not going good, and they're still praising me. They still love me. You know? That's what was going on with Lot. You know, Satan's all like, hey, now that I've taken everything, let me touch his flesh. Then he'll curse you to your face. Okay. Just don't kill him. Satan put boils all over him. We've got boils over there in Hawaii. People get boils all the time. Anybody here have a boil? Kendall, you remember when your brother Curtis had a boil on his forehead? Kendall heated up a Coke bottle. He said, come here, Curtis. We stuck that Coke bottle right on his forehead. (laughs) Sucked that thing right out. Painful. Oh, man, that must have been painful. Lot had him up and down his whole entire body. He's scraping himself with his paunch here. Yeah, it's easy to be thankful when things are going really well, and we ought to be thankful. But it's when it's difficult, and we don't want to be, and it's shaking us at our very core. Why should we thank God in this situation? But he's honored and he is praised. Number one, it's a state of mind. It, it needs to happen early in the morning to remember the Lord. Bring him into your remembrance It says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Secondly, it's a submitted heart. And your heart can become very hard when you don't trust the Lord, when you don't understand. But the Bible says in Psalms 56, 3, when I am afraid, I will trust in thee. There's gonna be some wrestling but it needs to come to a place of a submitted heart. Lord, I don't get it, I don't like it, but you are good. Thirdly, a surrendered will. It's when you take your will and you change it to the Lord's will. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. We know that all things work together for good. The world needs to hear thankful Christians, not backbiting Christians, not complaining Christians, It's easy to complain, isn't it? But that's not what the world needs to hear. They need to hear people praising the name of God. Bring the name of Christ back into their remembrance. Put a smile on your face. Amen. And you don't have to fake it if you start it early in the morning. Christians need to be reminded of how good we have it. It's a blessing to hear other people just thank the Lord and praise the Lord. It encourages us. So when you're around one another, rather than talking about 
people and things. Man, talk about the Lord and how good he's been. Man, it encourages one another. And then finally, it, it creates a fruit in us that we so desperately need, a surrendered will. Lord, you know what's going on. I'm surrendered to it, and I thank you through it. And um, God is praised, he is worshiped, and you can give him something that's precious to him. I mean, what do you give to somebody that has everything? <laughs> My kids are always like, Dad, what do you want? You always get, you know, if you need something, you just go down to the store and you buy it. It's so hard to buy for you. Guys are like that. Guys are like that. You think about the Lord. What can you give to the Lord? Man, I'll tell you what. He doesn't, he's not looking for all these material things. He just wants you. And he wants you to be thankful. Continually. Continually. Amen? One of the greatest things that obviously anybody that's ever been saved is thankful for is being saved. Man, when you win someone to the Lord, you're reminded of what you could have been or maybe what you once were. As a young man, I got saved at the age of five. I was just reminiscing with my parents the other day. We were in outside of Yakima, Washington in a little town called Natchez. Swinging on a swing, looking up into the stars, remembering what the preacher had preached on, being convicted of my sin, and I said, Lord, I, I need to get saved. Hell was so real, and I, 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 could, I could almost just feel it as I was swinging on that swing. I said, boy, I don't, I don't want to die. I don't want to go to hell, and, and Lord, I know that I've sinned. <laughs> my mom at one time had told me, don't eat those chocolate chip cookies. I said, okay. She walked away, and I shoved some in my mouth, really fast. She walked back in. She said, you eat those? And I said, nope. She go, look on the mirror. And so I did. Chocolate everywhere. <laughs> it's like, ever been caught in the middle of something? Like, how am I going to get out of this? That's how I felt. And that, that sense of, of sin, knowing that I had done something wrong, and it wasn't just against my mom, but ultimately my sin was against the Lord. And that's what had separated me from him. And I knew I wanted to be, well, at the time I didn't know the word reconciliation, but I wanted to be brought back to him. I wanted my sins forgiven. I wanted to go to heaven. And I remember just asking the Lord, just really simply, Lord, would you save me? Would you forgive me? And as I grew in the Lord, and I began to understand salvation a little bit fuller, I know that I struggled with it. I was like, boy, did I really get saved? Because, boy, now I know a whole lot more. And so I would ask the Lord to save me again and again and again. Until I was about 12 years old, I said, okay, I know now. If I just do this one time, I've got it nailed down. And I asked the Lord to save me again. But I, I, I believe I was saved many, many more times before that. And the reason is because it just takes a simple childlike faith. I believe that Jesus Christ came and if he died on the cross, he was buried in the third day, he rose again. I was a sinner. I needed to be forgiven. <laughs> it was simple. And then I began to grow after that. And I remember I went to CUNA High School, some of the things that I almost got involved with. And the Lord just said, all right, you're my son. And you're not going to do that. I'm going <laughs> to, I want you to, I want you over here. There's one time I was going to a party. It was senior night. And I know it was a situation that was not going to be good, but I just wanted to go anyway. We went through some guy's field out in Cuna. We don't know whose it was or whatever. We're trying to take a shortcut through a field to get there. 
And he had been irrigating that night. Water had filled this area of the field so deep that my Volkswagen bug just got plunged down in there. We couldn't even open up the doors on one side or the door on one side. We had to all come out this other side and thought, boy, if this farmer finds us tearing up his field like this, we're in big trouble. And so we had some guy come out and he got stuck. We had another guy come out. We pulled all the vehicles out of that poor field. I was thinking about how the Lord just kind of kept me from a situation. I knew what I was getting into, and I know what happened in that party. It would have not been good for me. And God just lovingly brought me along. I'm so thankful for my salvation. I'm so thankful for his protection and his guidance in my life. If you're here this morning, you're kind of going through life on your own, just kind of winging it. I'll tell you, you don't have to do that. You have a God in heaven that loves you, He sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for you. And if you would come to him this morning looking to him only for salvation, you can't get saved through all these different prophets and all these other religious men like Joseph Smith or Muhammad or Buddha, Confucius. Listen, there's all kinds of confusion that's out there that the devil has has created. But, But the Bible says neither is there salvation in any other. Amen? There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that name is Jesus Christ. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, amen, that he is Lord to the glory of God. I'm looking forward to that day when I get to see the one that saved me. And I'm thankful for that this morning. Of all the things that he's ever done in my life, I am thankful for my salvation And it's not in a church, it's not in a religion, it's not in a baptism, it's not in doing your best, amen? It's surrendering your will to his. Lord, I'm a sinner, and I know the only way to heaven is through your son, Jesus Christ. If you're not saved here this morning, we'd we'd invite you to come down. There'll be people that can talk to you about how to be born again. Everybody here that's saved this morning would say, yes, amen, greatest decision of my life. Yeah. This bow. Lord, thank you so much for the working of your son in our life. We're thankful for our salvation. And Lord, we're grateful this morning that we, we understand that there's a whole lot more of what you're doing that we actually, we don't even see it. And so Lord, we're just, we're submitted to your will. We're, we're surrendered to it. We know that because of that, we can be thankful in all things. We know it's your desire. It's your will. And Lord, we just we ask you for help and grace during the difficult times of being thankful. We don't know what's ahead the next day or the next week. As we look back over our life and we can see some areas in our life that were huge struggles, just moments when we just about threw it all in. But Lord, you brought us through it. Help us to be thankful for those things. And Lord, maybe... There's some things there that have created bitterness and strife in our heart and maybe even towards other brothers and sisters in Christ here in this church. Lord, we're just asking you to help us. Help us to find a way and to be submitted to your will and be thankful for those difficult things. And I pray this morning, if there's somebody here that's never been saved, never been born again, And they don't know where they're going to go when they die, but they have some questions. Lord, would you deal with their heart? 
help them to have the courage to confront where they're at before you and say, you know what? I don't know where I'm going to go. I do know that I'm a sinner. I just don't know what's next for me. Is there a God that does love me? Because I would want to meet him. And Lord, I pray you'd bring them up. I pray that someone would be able to show them out of the Bible how to be saved, how to be born again, a child of God, forgiven, forgiven, reconciled to God. And Lord, whatever it is you're doing in these people's lives, I pray that they'd be submitted to it this morning, that they would respond to whatever the Holy Spirit of God has spoken to them about something in their life that they need to be thankful for that's been tough. Offer up the sacrifice of thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Number 680680. Stand and sing. Rejoice in the Lord. God never Without purpose or plan When trying his servants And holding a man Give thanks to the Lord Though your testing seems long In darkness he giveth us all Oh, rejoice in the
once said, a craftsman doesn't test or try a tool that he doesn't plan on using. And so when we go through testing and trial, it's an indication that the Lord may want to use us. And that alone is enough to rejoice in. Amen? Amen. Brother Dave Hahn, would you come and close us in a word of prayer, please? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the message that we heard today. It's good to be in church, Lord, and hear this message on Thanksgiving. Help us to be a thankful people. May the world see hearts full of thanksgiving. May we create a thirst in others for Jesus Christ because of our attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving, we pray. Uh, thank you, Lord, that we can come still in America to church and hear the straight preaching of the word of God. Where would we be without it? And we're just full of thanksgiving for what we've heard, God. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen.